Hello, my name is Paul Helmuth, and this podcast is a special series for me because it's a podcast where my grandfather tells the stories of his life the way he remembers it. My grandpa was born in the 1920s and grew up in the Amish community just outside of Arthur, Illinois. He died on January 12, 2021. In this episode, Grandpa tells a story about a prank he and one of his best friends, Joni Plank, were a part of, how getting kicked by a colt leaves a mark, another story about one of those ponies named Perry, and his very first buggy. Grandpa also talks about working on the Fred Kaufman farm and then working for George Marner at the sorghum mill. Joni was a boy that they moved just from Kansas, just a quarter of a mile north of us. And uh, we met each other, and we started to go to school together, and we uh, played together. Our folks went together quite often Sunday nights. And after we started being with the young folks, where one was, the other wasn't very far away. And was that away till we got married. One night, I don't know why I had Grandpa's buggy and it had silver hitched to that, and he was blind in one eye and he was moon-eyed in the other. During the day, you, he was fine, but in, in the night when it was lightning, that was that night. Anyway, it was three of us that we decided we'd go have some fun. And we knew where there was a boy that is having a date. Andy Bontrager, and he was dating Minerva Uti. And we drove softly. I stayed in the buggy out at the road. And uh, Yuri Yoder, uh, Yuri Miller and Joe and I, they thought they could slip in there and just roll the buggy back softly and take it out and hide it and maybe unharness the horse but before they got that done, here they came running. Jumped in the buggy and away we went. Cause he came running out of the house. And we went down the road just to sailing. First thing we knew there was lights right behind us. And he tried, turned over and I turned over. I didn't have any lights. So he tried to turn it over and I turned over. And we did that down the road for quite a while. I finally thought, well, isn't he gonna give up? Finally, he did. He gave up and went back. He never did find out, because he couldn't see. Because we had dad, granddad's buggy. Sometimes we turned so short that the buggy hit the wheel. So it started thundering and lightning, and I said, we'd better go home. So I said, I'll take Yuri home. He just lived a couple of miles further from me. And uh, oh, it lightning real bright. And old Silver run us in the ditch and dumped the buggy over on the fence. And Yuri jumped out. He was going to run home. I said, hey, help me get this buggy set up. So he came back, jumped in the buggy, and we got Silver harnessed up again. We got part way and he said, turn around, let me out. I can run faster than old Silver can run. 
Well, that wasn't true, but that's what he said. He only had a half mile to go, and I had two and a half miles to go. So the next morning, Grandpa said, what happened to you, the buggy last night? And I said, well, I don't know. Why? Well, he said, looks like it was in the ditch or something. It's scratched on the fence. I said, yeah. Old Silver, it, it lightning and blinded Silver and he ran in the ditch for us. There were three colts. Three of our mares had a colt that night. One was was a colt from a mare that, and that colt was bay. You know what bay is? Well, it's a uh, uh, real light brown. And that one would stay that color. The next one was a black one, but you could tell it had a different shade to it, and it would finally turn gray. And the last one was black, and it would stay black. We knew the one, uh, she was big, but we really wasn't aware that she was that near having a cold. And the other two, we, they, were, they were a team. We did not have any idea that they would have a cold. Well, we uh, let them run with the mare until it was time to wean them. And then we, we had a shed right next to the corn crib and it had a, a manger uh, for calves or something. And we fixed this to, for these colts and we tied them up just like we did horses, old growing horses. So one morning I went over there to feed them and take care of them and the one of them needed some bedding and I kicked some straw up to his hind feet and he up and kicked me right there. And that scar is still there. It should have been sewed, but Grandma took some tape and pulled it together and taped it and it healed. Well, I, uh, I uh, whip trained him oh, quite a while before that. But anyway, he knew when I spoke to him that he'd better do it. And uh, I was out in the field and uh, well, Dad had sold him. We didn't need him no more. And, and Dad found somebody that would buy him. And this guy came in a big truck, a covered truck. And uh, Dad came out in the field and said that that man is there to pick up Perry, but they can't get him on the truck. And he wants me to come and ride him up to his place. It's about 14 miles. I said, oh my, I don't want to do that. So I came in and I looked at the situation and I said, I'll load him myself. And these guys both laughed. They said, we've tried everything. Well, I went and got the buggy whip and I stood in that chute and I said, Perry, come on. And Perry walked right up in that 
took with me. These guys looked and they said, they have tried everything. They just couldn't believe but old Perry went up in the truck. Well, uh, I had, I'm not sure how I got a buggy. I had a horse, but uh, uh, that I could drive. But Dad found a buggy. It's, it was called an old um, storm buggy. It was what everybody used when, uh, way back before they had cars. It was that kind of a buggy. So I took it to the buggy shop and asked him if he could remodel that and make a buggy out of it. Well, yeah. He said, if you help me, uh, we can get that done. So I'd go over and he'd tell me what to do. I'd do the easy part and he would do the rest of it. By the end of the week, I had a nice buggy. And we had that when I got married. We had it until we got a car. Fred was a good man. He, uh, when I started working for him, he, uh, he had a, a new F-20 tractor, international, on steel. It's a new one. And he needed a plow, and he finally got a plow. And so we plowed almost day and night to get the plowing done. Uh, he would start the plow, uh, and I didn't even drive a tractor up to that point. So he took me out in the field and uh, showed me the gears and told me how to turn around when I get to the end and drop the plow. He drove it to the other end and he got off. He said, it's yours. And he walked to the house and never looked back. And I plowed till lunch, then I went in. And after lunch, he took it, went out in the field and let me rest for an hour. And I would go out and take it till evening. He'd do the chores and I'd go in for supper. After supper, he would take it and go and run it till 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And that's the way we'd done his farming. I did that for several years, couple of years that I worked for Fred. He was a good man. Sorghum is, uh, well, it, it, it grows up about this tall and it has uh, seeds on top. And uh, you'd always try to strip it before it has those seeds come out. You'd strip the leaves down and cut the tops off. And then you'd take it to the sorghum mill and run it through a, and it was a roller, oh, about this big around and about this long, two of them. One up here and one down here. And you'd, you'd run this, this cane 
into there, and then there was a a uh, tank where the juice would go into, and then they'd, you'd suck it up stairs into the vats. My sister Rebecca would cook this, and I would run the press. <laughs> one day, one day, uh, my cousin Andy Yoder, he always fired the boiler. So one day we decided that I'd fire the boiler and he would feed the press. And the boss was a mile away across the field, ditching. And uh, the next morning, he said, who fired the boiler yesterday? We told him. And uh, we said, why? Well, he said, if that boiler is fired right, the smoke will come out black and turn gray. And if it's not fired right, it'll come out black and stay black. And he could see that a mile away from us. Yeah, mine was black. You, you, on that, you just scatter the, the uh, boiler, or the, the coal that you throw in, you try to throw in to scatter them. Well, I threw too many in at the same time. Yeah, and those, uh, those, uh, they call them cane pommies. It was after these, uh, this cane is mashed, it goes, sticks out on the elevator and it goes out on a wagon and they take it out in a lot where there's horses and cattle. And also they juice that Sister Rebecca would scone the, the foam off and it would go down in a tank and they'd take that out. And these horses and cattle would love that and they, they would do good on it. And so one day I saw a beautiful mare out there, a, one that's never been broke or anything. I kept watching her. And finally one day I asked George, I said, is that mare for sale out there? And he said, yeah. I said, would you sell her to me? And he said, sure. So one day I took her home and I got her broke, but she was never, that was even before we were married, but she was never safe for a woman to drive. She, she was afraid of traffic. When she'd see a truck coming, she would stop and try to get out of the way. And I knew that that's nothing for your, your mother to do. How did you buy an item that you needed? Well, Grandpa, he needed a new wedding suit. I shook corn for uh, one of our neighbors. Uh, what was his name? Uh, James was his last name. Shook corn for him. Floyd, Floyd James. I shook corn for him one day for uh, money for a new suit to get married in. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to follow it and join me the next time for more stories of Noah Helmuth. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.